The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the Association of American Railroads. New technology creates a smarter and safer freight rail network that is ready to meet the needs of tomorrow. Visit AAR.org. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 25th. In today's news, as Nancy Pelosi formally announces an impeachment inquiry, questions abound. This could impact the 2020 campaign in unpredictable ways. And the whistleblower wants to come directly to Congress. But first, the big idea. President Trump's attempt to pressure the leader of Ukraine followed a months-long fight inside the administration that sidelined national security officials and empowered political loyalists, including the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to exploit the U.S. relationship with Kiev. The sequence, which began early this year, involved the abrupt removal of the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, the circumvention of senior officials on the National Security Council, and the suspension of hundreds of millions of dollars of aid administered by the Defense and State Departments, all as key officials from these agencies struggled to piece together Giuliani's activities based on news reports. Several officials described tense meetings on Ukraine among national security officials at the White House leading up to the president's phone call on July 25th, sessions that led some participants to fear that Trump and those close to him appeared prepared to use U.S. leverage with the new leader of Ukraine for Trump's political gain. As those worries intensified, some senior officials worked behind the scenes to hold off either a Trump meeting or a phone call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky out of concern that Trump would use the conversation to push him for damaging information on Trump's potential rival in the 2020 race, former Vice President Joe Biden, and Biden's son, Hunter. Trump admitted this week that he had done some of what his own advisors feared, using the call to raise the issue of Biden with Zelensky. And he also confessed yesterday that he personally ordered military aid to Ukraine put on hold, but he claimed it was because he wanted other countries to chip in. Though the whistleblower report focuses on the Trump-Zelensky call, officials familiar with its contents say that it includes references to other developments tied to the president, including efforts by Giuliani to insert himself into U.S.-Ukrainian relations. Trump announced yesterday that he will release a transcript of the call, insisting that it will show that there was, quote, no quid pro quo and that the conversation was friendly and totally appropriate. But even within Trump's party, few have gone so far as to say they would consider it appropriate for the president to solicit foreign help in an American election. And his political fate may hinge on how lawmakers and the public assess not only his intentions on the call, but also the actions of his subordinates in the events surrounding it. U.S. officials described to my colleagues Greg Miller, Josh Dossi, Paul Sonny, and Ellen Nakashima an atmosphere of intense pressure inside the NSC and other departments since the existence of the whistleblower complaint became known. Some officials faced suspicion that they had a hand either in the complaint or in relaying damaging information to the whistleblower, whose identity has not been revealed, and who is entitled to legal protection. One official, speaking like others on the condition of anonymity, describes the climate as verging on bloodletting. Trump has fanned this dynamic with his own public denunciations of the whistleblower and thinly veiled suggestions that the person must be outed. 
Giuliani told the Washington Post that one of his calls with a top Ukrainian aide was partially arranged by Kurt Volker, a State Department official, and that he briefed the department afterwards. This could become politically problematic for Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Officials at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, though, were similarly deprived of information, just like their colleagues on the National Security Council, even as they faced questions from the Ukraine government about whether Giuliani was a designated representative. In an interview last night on Fox News, Giuliani said he had been enlisted by the State Department to intervene on the Ukraine matter. These are things Congress will be looking at as part of the impeachment inquiry. And that's the big idea. Here are three other related headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's declaration last night of what she called an official impeachment inquiry was a moment of singular drama in the long-running clash between Trump and Congress. But it left unsettled key questions about what this will entail. Among them, how sweeping will the probe be? How long will it last? Who will conduct it? And will Pelosi's unilateral pronouncement, which was delivered with no immediate plans to ratify it with a House vote on impeachment, do anything to change the course of existing investigations that have hit a stone wall of White House resistance? The lack of detail about the road ahead, according to interviews with more than a dozen Democratic lawmakers and aides, reflects both the speed with which once wavering Democrats unified behind a formal impeachment probe and, more importantly, the continuing divisions on how it should be conducted. The House Judiciary Committee will play the leading role in the proceedings, despite the desire of many House Democrats to involve a broader swath of lawmakers and to at least partly sideline Congressman Jerry Nadler, that committee's fervently pro-impeachment chairman. In the days leading up to yesterday's announcement, Pelosi explored potentially establishing a special select committee with members handpicked by her, but she backed away from that idea after the dispute generated protests from liberals like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and threatened to divide the caucus along ideological lines. Meanwhile, a more fundamental dispute lingers, one that may not be resolved for some time. Many Democrats are urging that the impeachment inquiry focus solely on the present outcry and not on other alleged abuses, such as the potential obstruction of justice cases detailed in the Mueller report. But Pelosi last night said that she's getting other committees involved besides judiciary, including foreign affairs and intelligence. Those two committees have direct jurisdiction over the Ukraine matter. But Pelosi also mentioned the Financial Services Committee, which is probing Trump's real estate dealings, the Ways and Means Committee, which is seeking Trump's tax returns, and the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, which is investigating whether Trump used the presidency for self-enrichment. Number two, while House Democrats have crossed the Rubicon, nobody really knows where this will lead. Several political strategists in both parties tell us that this could play out in very unpredictable ways. They all agree, though, that it's going to be an X factor going into 2020. Democratic strategists hope the fact pattern behind Trump's communications with Ukraine is more direct and damning than the complex stories of potential obstruction in the Mueller report. GOP strategists hope impeachment proceedings will gin up their base voters in 2020 and turn off moderates who they hope will blame Democrats for gridlock and dysfunction. To be sure, many moderate Democrats who picked up seats last fall remain cautious. For example, Sharice Davids, a Democrat who picked up a Republican-held seat in the Kansas City suburbs, expressed support for Pelosi's pronouncement last night, but went out of her way to avoid using the word impeachment while doing so. 
Watch for Republicans to pick at those scabs. By our latest running whip count, 198 House Democrats now publicly support opening an impeachment inquiry. That includes 22 of the 24 Democratic members of the House Judiciary Committee. 57 Democrats endorsed proceedings in a period of 24 hours through about 10 p.m. last night. Number three, where do things go legislatively from here? The House plans to vote later today on a resolution condemning the administration's efforts to block the release of the whistleblower complaint. In a rare, albeit subtle, protest from the Republican-controlled Senate, lawmakers adopted by unanimous consent a resolution last night calling for the White House to turn over the complaint to the Intelligence Committees, as is required by law. In a separate move, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, said last night that the whistleblower wants to speak to his committee and his lawyers have reached out, or the whistleblower's lawyers have reached out, and is seeking guidance from Director of National Intelligence Joseph McGuire about how to do so. McGuire is scheduled to testify before Schiff's committee tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. That will be a very high-profile hearing. And White House officials, who are trying to quell talk of impeachment, are telling reporters that they're working to release some kind of redacted version of the whistleblower complaint. That may not do the trick. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 25th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>